On today's show, we talk about dealing with big T trauma and family history. We talk to a guy who's starting to act like a child in response to his wife's emotional abuse, and he wants to know what to do. We talk to a guy who's a great boss, and he wants to be a little bit better. Stay tuned. What's up, what's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Talking about mental health, relationships, relational IQ, changing your life, owning what happened in the past, making changes for tomorrow, for today, for today. We're a few weeks into the new year. Man, I hope your new resolutions are crushing. I hope you are leaning into things, you're stepping into things, you're swinging into things, whatever it looks like for you, and you're making it happen. Hope your marriages are good, your kids are doing all right. If they're not, stop the presses and get that stuff under control now. It's a new year. It's a new year. And good to see you, Kelly. Thank you. Good to be here. Benjamin, good to be here. Seeing your face and not James is so good. Oh, I miss him. I agree. Thank you. James is just stunningly handsome. You're not so much, but I like seeing you. I'm just kidding. You look great. That's fair. You look great. You look just fantastic. And Kelly? I will just say you are brilliant and very kind. Thank you very much. People on the internet don't like me telling you that you look beautiful today. I don't mind. They don't. So. <laughs> they don't like it. Well, they don't that's like on it. them. Oh, and there's the director of HR walking out here. I see where how this thing goes. Just started here and down it went. Let's go to Ray in Raleigh, North Carolina. Beautiful part of the country. What's up, Ray? Uh, hey, how you doing? We're getting it. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. How about uh, how about yourself? Yeah, well, uh, we're all right. We're all right. If I told you that today was just the greatest, I w- that would be dishonest. But you know what? We're doing well. The heater and air conditioning works, and my paycheck deposited. So I th- I'm going to count it good, and we're going to go from there. Okay, sounds good. So what's up? Well, um, me and my husband have suffered some pretty big tree trauma growing up and are still going through some stuff now. Yeah, and need to know how to deal with it. Oh, hon. You said big T trauma, right? Yeah. So that's, it's still sitting on you pretty tight because it's hard to even say it out loud. Tell me what's going on. Okay, hold on. Take your breath, take your time. (sighs) Okay, so um, uh, my mom was killed when I was little. Oh, man. And, um, I was um, messed with when I was growing up, mm-hmm. and um, my parents, uh, my stepmom and my dad, were pretty emotionally abusive, and um, they they became alcoholics um, whenever I turned 18. I think they may have suffered that um, whenever I was growing up, but I never noticed it until I turned 18. Um, they always just kind of, I was just kind of secluded and left to myself for the most part. Yeah. Did and, they, did they um, know about the sexual abuse? No, I've, I've never told anyone except my husband and my best friend. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and my husband, he was, um, raped when he was 10 by a close family friend mm-hmm. and his mom was pretty sexually abusive towards him. Mm-hmm. And, um, his, I mean, pretty much our whole families were pretty emotionally abusive to us, but we have like no one 
And the one person we thought we had this year to help us out was um, our grandma on his side. And it turned out that she was just using us uh, so that she can regain her relationship with her son, which is my husband's dad. And um, everything that we were telling her and trying to confide in her, she was just relaying back to that to the people that have abused us. Mm. And I've, I've got three awesome, beautiful girls and an awesome husband. Yeah. And, you know, we've been through a lot. And it's like every pregnancy I've had, it's like they've reared their ugly heads and showed up. Yeah. And um, we, we sent uh, them letters, both, both sets of parents. Um, with my parents, I just told them, you know, we, I've, I've already called them and asked them, hey, don't drink around the kids. You know, I know you've got an alcohol problem and I'm, I don't judge you for drinking. We don't care about that at all. I just don't want you doing it when the kids are there. Yep. And my stepmom has ended up calling my husband's or not calling. She Facebooked my husband's mom and was like playing that nana and a boo boo. I get to see the grandkids and you don't card to her. So all that was screenshot by his dad and sent to him. So hey, do, do me I'm, a favor. Do you have, you, yes. Are you on your cell phone? Yes. Okay. Um, take your phone and I'll, I'll just wait yeah. here for a second and I want you to pull okay. up your parents and I want you to delete their numbers from your phone. Okay. Or block them. I don't know the right way to do that. I just know they need to be out where they can't contact. They're, you're done. Okay. Well, I've already blocked them on Facebook and you're just, yeah. Done. Okay. And then I want you to take your in-laws and done. They're blocked. They can't contact you. They can't get in touch with you. They're not welcome around you. They're not welcome around your family. Yeah. So that, and hold I on, hold on, hold that, on. But, okay. They're, they're done. Done. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No more, no more discussions, no more trying to make this thing work, no more being responsible for their brutality and their evil and their manipulation and their abuse and their silence. No more. Yeah. You got three little girls that are worth more than that. You and your husband have found yourself on the other side of hell, but you, you're still chained to it. And you're going to find out those chains aren't clasped. You're holding on to those chains. I want you to let them go. Okay. And that's hard, but we're done. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, that, that's the problem I'm having. Okay. Me and my husband are a little out of disconnect with that. Okay. That's fine. Um, that's fine. Uh, Here, here's uh, here's, what, here's the, the, the things you just laid out to me. I bet your yeah. ACES score is a seven or eight, if not more. Uh, yeah. I, I want you to get online today in ACES, A-C-E-S. It's the Adverse Childhood Experiences Scale. Um, I want you to just take it. It's online. It's 10 questions. And if you score over a four, which you have, you're more likely to get cancer, strokes, heart attacks. All it, Your body is at war. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. And the goal of healing from big T trauma is this. 
Trauma simply means your body is responding in the present to things that happened in the past as though it's happening again right now. Yeah. And if you were sexually abused as a child, as you have daughters that get within shouting distance of that age, your body remembers that story. Yes. And it starts sounding every alarm because it's danger, danger, danger. Yep. And it's not a matter of you don't trust them. It's that your body doesn't trust the world. And more importantly, your body doesn't trust relationships. And that's a weird thing is you got to, you got to have relationships or we die literally. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I I finally was able to make one awesome friend. Um, I worked with her and I've got one, we got one person in our life that we can trust. Awesome. Awesome. So the goal is, is to work through the big T trauma so that you can think about what happened. You can remember those conversations a, on your own terms, and B, your body right. doesn't take off on you because it knows it's safe now. That's the goal. Right. Right? Can't undo yeah. that stuff. We got to own it. It happened. And then the question is, now what? Right? Um, yes. First, the first thing, the first order of business is cutting ties with the people who abuse you. Yes. And your language, in this case, matters. Um, how, did your, how did your mom... How was she killed? An ex-boyfriend. Okay. Shot her at a gas station. Okay. So they're killed is, is it mean, it, the word is your mom passed away. She died. But yes. the way you told that to me could have been in a car wreck, could have been a medical issue. Your mom was murdered. Yes. And you have to own that language. You were not messed with as a kid. You were sexually abused. Yeah. And when you come up with, and, and, this, and I do it, we all do it. We, when we use language to take the sting off of what happened to us in our present, in our past, some, you know, and sometimes people say like, well, my husband just was, you know, uh, he cheated on you, right? You got to say it out loud. Yeah. Your body feels the weight of it, but your mind has new words. And you know what happens when you lay old, new flooring over old flooring and there's water there, mold grows underneath, it just rots out everything. Yeah. And so we got to use the words of what actually happened and then we have to respond to that stuff, okay? Yeah. Your parents were abusive. They were alcoholic. They were absent. Trauma can also be, so you told me some big T traumas. You, you, You probably know this. Big T trauma can also be what didn't happen. Yeah. Moms and dads are supposed to be present with their kids and let them know that they're safe and that they are loved. And children of alcoholics don't get that. Correct. Yeah. So the goal here is to experience those, to think about those things and your body doesn't take off on you. You're able to just be present with your husband, with your daughters. Sounds like your husband still wants to stay connected to them. Yeah. Okay. Um, he well, he wants he wants to separate us from it, but he thinks that he can be this big wall that separates. But I don't want him to be the wall because it's just like letting the stupid bear in the living room maul my husband so that he doesn't get to us. I think there needs to That's be a exactly separation right. from all of it. Absolutely. Yes. So your husband is trying to be a good kid, and as somebody who grew up like he did, he was probably responsible for the. Yep emotional and psychological and relational well-being of the adults in his life. Well, can I tell you what happened this weekend? Absolutely, yeah. Um, 
is uh, we told them in a letter that we were not talking to his mother, period, and we were having no contact with her, and we were just completely and totally done with her, and we needed to go seek counsel on how to handle his dad uh-huh. because that's where we weren't agreeing on how to handle it. I just wanted to cut him off just like his mom. Yep. Um, and he doesn't see it that way yet because he was closer to his dad in his eyes than anyone else. Well, anyway, his dad called him the other day or messaged him and said that he wanted to meet with a man to man, like degrading my husband. Are we going to, are we going to fight? (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't know. That's what it sounded like to me. But anyway, he met with him at a park and he brought his favorite freaking cookies that his mom gave him. Um, as like, I guess, a peace offering or whatever, and tried to talk things, or he wanted to talk things out, but my husband wasn't giving him any information or anything, just that we weren't going to be talking to mom, pretty much. And um, his dad told him, he, he asked him, you know, if the stuff that your mom did bothered you, why didn't you say anything about it? And it made me sick. And oh, I couldn't bo- believe yeah, he said dude, that don't, him. that crap, because now, oh, it's your husband's fault now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stupid. You know whose fault it is? Uh, I'm going to go down that road. Here's the deal. Dad knew that crap was going on. Yes. Absolutely. And And it's not just the dad. The grandma has, she called the hospital when I was giving birth to my third daughter in uh, September. She showed up to our house the week after I had my baby. Um, not invited, unannounced. My oldest daughter was crying because she couldn't understand why she couldn't go see grandma. And I had to explain to her, honey, we're not talking to grandma right now. I don't know how to explain this to you right now, but when I know, I will tell you one day, just not right now. And um, then my husband got her to leave. And then she told him that she was going to call his dad and then showed up the next day uninvited. Luckily, this time I saw them, so I was able to get the kids in the back room so that my husband could go handle them outside. Um, But they showed up with his mom, his dad, and his grandma. They all came back, and um, I just want to call the cops and have them deal with them. Absolutely. This is manipulative narcissism. This is nonsense. Exactly. And his his grandma showed up at his place of work last night. And, um, yeah. So, so grandma needs can't. to be notified that there's going to be a restraining order against her if she shows up again. Okay. okay. Should we even have a talk with her? Cause I don't think we should at this point. I, at some point, has your, surely your husband has said, you're not welcome here. I'd like you to go. Well, he did at the, at the, um, whenever she showed up at our house, but now he, uh, we agreed that we would have a conversation with her, but uh-huh. I don't even think there needs to be a conversation anymore. I would not have one in person. I would make a phone call. I would. Okay. And I would say, okay. you are not welcome in my house. You are no longer a part of our life. I would recommend, and Ray, and I know this is hard, I'd recommend y'all think about what the next 18 months, 12 months, 24 months looks like for y'all to move and go somewhere. These these yeah. roads haunt you. Yes. I want, I'm, I've been wanting to move so bad. It's time. It's time. And here's, here's the thing. It's time for you to sit down and tell your husband what's actually happening. And here's what I, you can tell me I'm wrong, but children who grew up in systems of abuse, which is how you grew up and your husband did too, they get really good at two things, making sure everybody around them is okay and keeping secrets. Yep. And you all have an ecosystem in your home where both of you are trying to make sure the other one's okay. Yep. 
You're trying to yep. keep up a fantasy where these kids that you have, these beautiful daughters that you have, are still going to have grandparents, and y'all keep secrets from each other. Well, not really. Um, we we tell each other everything, even when it hurts. Does and, he know um, that you're about done? Because you are absolutely okay. Yes. He gets it. Yes. Yes. All right. So here's he the. He supported here, me calling today. I think he just needs to hear it from somebody else. Good, because he, he's about to lose you. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting pretty resentful. Yes. There you go. And he may not lose you in spirit. I mean, in body, but he's going to lose you in spirit. Yeah. And then you know what happens? This whole cycle starts over again. Yeah. Because the only way to get over the gap of being married to someone who you love, but you chose abusers over them, the only way to get through that is disconnecting, whether it's alcohol or whether it's working too much or whether it's somebody. What? Here it goes again. And your daughters yeah. grow up in a house with two people who are absent and it, they're there in body, but they're not there in spirit. And the whole thing happens again. Yep. yep. Right. You and your husband are doing brave things. You're st- like Terry Real says, you're staring down this forest fire and saying the yep. generational trauma stops with us. Yep. But what I'm That's telling true. you is you got to go yep. all the way. Okay. You can't stare this forest fire down and one of you's got a hose and the other person's just being like, hey, don't spray so hard. Don't spray that water too fast. You're gonna, then you're going to both, you're, you're, everybody's going to burn. How, like... I, I just made a friend, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid I'll lose her if I move. You listen, listen. Right now, you're. Let's worry about things in order, okay? Okay. Let's worry about things in order. You might have a different relationship. You might have to go make new friends. Here's what you've proven to yourself: that you're worth being loved, and you're worth hanging out with. Yeah. And you're worth having joy. And there are good people, a whole, whole bunch of them that are trustworthy that you can tell crazy things to and then will laugh and say, hey, I'll buy beers. Or You found that person. It exists. Yeah. And so I want you to know that there's a bunch of hers out there. Yeah. Now, I'm not telling you, you got to break up with your friend and all that kind of stuff. What I'm telling yeah. you is first, you got to get safe and you're not safe. Yes. First. Yeah. Second, you got to get on the same page with your husband. Y'all got to get on the same page with a game plan. And at some point it comes to you saying, we are moving. You can be a part of this conversation, but I can't be around this evil anymore. Okay. The fantasy that you're going to hold this family together, that grandparents are going to come around, it's over. Right. And you've, if you've ever listened, we've done over 200 something shows of the show. I've never I think I've watched all of them. <laughs> yeah, you're the only one. I, I've never <laughs> told somebody to get their phone out and disconnect from their parents forever. And I'm telling you that. Right, right. Because they've yep. got their foot on your head and you underwater and you can't breathe. And it's time. Yes. It's time. Okay. Let that go. Yeah, that feels really good to hear. You and your husband, I want you to go meet with somebody together if you can. Okay. If you can't afford it, sell something. I'd rather you sit on folding lawn chairs in your living room than have a couch, but make sure that you and your husband have gotten six sessions of trauma counseling together. Yeah. 
because you've got a lot of healing okay. and you don't want to pass this on. Right. I mean, we've, yeah. yeah. So here's what, right. I, I don't know if y'all have done this. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I want you guys, you've heard me say this a thousand times and you're getting it too. Have y'all ever gone to somewhere and just said, what could it be like? Usually the people in your position, you're trying to de- always putting out the next fire, the next fire, and the next fire. You never get to well, sit down and dream. What would it look like if there was just no fires? Well, actually, we we started this whole healing process like five years ago when we started like watching the Dave Ramsey stuff, uh-huh. and we just got out of debt and paid off our house at the beginning of this year. Wow! Congrats. Thank you. I appreciate that. Everybody, that's when we started noticing the, or I guess figuring out that our family were not going to be able <laughs> to be a part of their lives. Yes. Once they saw that we were doing better. Dude, it brings the leeches worse. out. Yes. 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 It does. The vampires come out. So you may have to sell that paid for house and go pay for another house with cash in another city. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But you live around vampires, and at some point they're going to—one of them's going to get their teeth into your kids. Exactly. Yeah, that's the scary part. Or one of their kids, cousins, sisters, roommates, brothers going to be—it's just going to go on and on and on. Let's do this in order, though. Moving is not a conversation for today. Conversation for today is we start by getting evil out of my house. I will not allow people to abuse me or my family or manipulate us anymore. Starts with a phone call to all the parents, to grandma. This is the last phone call. We are disconnecting from you. If you come to our house unannounced, we will call the police. If you show up to my kid's school, we will call the police. We are done. And that will be hard. And you'll have to grieve that with your husband. That'll be hard. And then you begin making plans for what is next. But you're worth a life where you're not abused anymore. You're worth a life where your daughters are safe. And you're worth a a life of laughter and joy and really hard work. In the gym, at your career, at whatever your hobbies are. You're with more, and I'm sorry that this, this is the cards you were dealt, Ray. You've played them incredibly. You have played them incredibly. And now it's time to get up from that table and go to another table. You've outgrown that table. You're an absolute brave rock star. Keep us in the loop over the next few months, and we'll walk alongside you. It's grateful. I'm grateful to have gotten to talk to you today. You're a brave, brave soul. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Alina Show. It seems like everybody is talking about how crazy the housing market is right now and how powerless homebuyers feel. Mix that with the stress of moving and life change and job change, and you've got a tornado of anxiety fueling one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. This is not a good idea. So if you're a new homebuyer right now, my advice to you is to focus on what you can control, like the people you choose to help you in the home buying process. You need folks like my friends at Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is a Ramsey trusted provider that's been helping people with their home mortgages for decades. And their home buyer edge program will help you skip a bunch of the stress. Here's how it works. 
apply to become a Churchill certified home buyer and cap your interest rate for 90 days. Then you'll get a $5,000 seller guarantee to help your offer stand out. So go ahead, take a deep breath because Churchill has your back. Check them out at churchillmortgage.com slash Deloney and get the home buyer edge today. All right, we're back. Let's go to my hometown, H-Town, and talk to Fred. What's up, Fred? How we doing? Hey, doing good. Thanks for talking to me. It's, it's real exciting. You got it, brother. It's exciting for me, too. What's up? Well, um, I'll try to be co- coherent here. Um, <laughs> You're on the wrong my, show if you want to be coherent, I know, man. right? <laughs> yeah, wrong show. Anyway, my, yeah, by, uh, anyway, my relationship with my spouse has kind of it's devolved into basically what I feel is abuse, you know, emotional and, you know, mental abuse. And I started reacting by lashing out physically and not at her, but, you know, at our house and I'll punch holes and things and throw objects. And why do you do that? That's a, it seems like a strange choice. Why do you choose? That? Right. I, I don't know. It's a, I guess it's a, it's a poor way of, of, I feel like if I don't hit something else, I'm going to hit someone, I guess. And, and that's a false choice. I suppose so, yeah. It is. Um, Absolutely false. From this point, who, who taught you that? Did your old man do that? Did your mom do that? Who taught no, you that? No, my, my dad was the calmest person on the planet. My mom was very, very, you know, she was physically and verbally abusive, but she never she never punched holes in anything. But um, So here's the deal. I, I, I don't know. Never again. Got it? Yes. Uh-huh. Say it. Never again will I lash out physically at anyone or anything. Done. We're good? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, Every I, time I you're about good. to hit a wall, here's what I want you to think. Hey, Mom, I got your anger and your rage, and I am going to show you how tough I am, even though it's going to cost me my marriage. I want you just to think that before you hit something. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Cool. All right, so that is not even why you called, but, um, or here's a, here's a simpler way. Right before you hit something, ask yourself, why am I choosing to hit this? Because if you can yeah. choose to hit it, then you can choose not to. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Right. Like, why am I choosing? And I, I do that all the time, dude. Like, why am I choosing to tail this guy who just cut me off? What a, what a dumb, th- <laughs> why am I choosing to eat this? I know it's not going to make me feel good. Like, what am I doing? Right. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. But when I start, when I take ownership of what's happening and I use ownership language in my relationships, things change. My behaviors yeah. change. All right. So your marriage is devolving. You've got a, a, an emotionally abusive wife. You're choosing to act like a five-year-old. And then what? Um, well, I, I guess I, I, I feel like we're both kind of at that point where it feels like it feels like the, are, the marriage and the family is slipping out of our hands. Are you done? Um, no, 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 no. They don't slip out of your hands. You're letting them go. Are y'all? Yeah. Are, are you done? Yeah, I don't want to be. No, certainly not. I, I absolutely love my wife and I love my family. And uh, you know, you got I, little I, ones too. I, Oh yeah, yeah. We got a, a two-year-old and a uh, nine-month-old, um, and then she's got a stepson, or I've got a stepson. That's from her previous marriage, who is six. Um, and they're 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 awesome. Um, hey, <laughs> I, we'll get to why you called eventually. I don't even know why you called yet. Yeah, I keep right. I keep interrupting you. 
that stuff I said earlier about not ever hitting anything ever again. Mm-hmm. You got little kids in the house, brother. No, oh, I know. Never again. Got it? Oh, absolutely. Do not pass this yeah. on to them. Don't teach them that this is the way grown-ups handle their frustration. They, yeah. they deserve better than that. Fair? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, and I would tell the same thing to your wife. Don't emotionally abuse her husband. Don't yell and scream and say mean things to people ever. You're not worth that. She's worth more than that. But also, don't demonstrate to kids this is what adult relationships look like. Because then they take that crap to school with them, and then so goes our country, right? Ugh. Okay, so right, why, did you, why yeah. did you call, man? I keep interrupting you. Well, no, I, honestly, I, I don't know if I if I know why. I just, I, I, I'm so lost, I don't know what to do. Does I, your I wife want a divorce? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, she, she brings up, "Well, let's just divorce then all the time." And, you know, when there's a fight, <laughs> and it's so well, it sounds so like she might want to get it. divorced. Well, I, I, she says a lot of stuff, and and I, I don't know. I mean, I could. So I, is she is she a liar? Is she not trustworthy? Uh, 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 well, I mean, sounds like she's being really clear with you. Let's just get a divorce then. Maybe a hint that she wants to get a divorce. Is it that yeah, you don't want to I mean, see that come to fruition? Oh man, I definitely don't. And then, and maybe that's maybe I just have blinders on. I just I feel like in my heart she doesn't because once we once we finally screw our heads on tight and actually talk to each other like adults, we're able to say, "Wow, I was so stupid, and I'm so sorry." And let's not do this again. But then it happens again, um, and it, I don't know how to break out of this cycle. And I certainly hope she doesn't want a divorce. Um, I, maybe she does, but I, I definitely, I don't want to lose her. I don't want to lose that time with my kids. It's so precious to me. Yeah. Um, Here, here's, here's what I, um, there's very real moments involving yelling, mm-hmm. involving emotional abuse, involving physical abuse. When I would recommend a 30 day separation, everybody's got it. Someone's got to go get an apartment, get a hotel, and we got to let everything calm down. Because the volatility in your marriage, the volatility with your kids, it creates a cyclone that is almost impossible to get out of until there's some sort of physical break. Yeah. And I don't want, I'm not telling you get divorced. I'm saying somebody's got to step out and say, I'm going to let this thing breathe for a second. Because this, this dynamic, this dance has to stop. Right. Okay. Somebody's got to turn the lights on and say, what are we doing? And you can't keep dancing like this and then apologizing and then dancing again because the apologies don't mean anything anymore. Yeah. And you've got an abusive household and you've got three kids in it. Not going to do that. Have y'all gone to see a marriage counselor? Yeah, we've, we're actually seeing one right now, and she is absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, actually, we're seeing her tomorrow. Like, you know, maybe, maybe it's the type of thing where things get will get worse before they get better. I don't know, but it's just, uh, you know. Um, so, what it, is she recommending? Really, well, she's not really recommending anything. She's we're just she's we've been like to three sessions or something. Okay. Uh, she's just recommending we identify the identify what these 
what is the core emotion, I guess? Uh, it's EFT. I don't know if you're familiar, but. Um, yes, I am. So back up all of that before you start sure. digging into core emotions and past, but say, I will never talk to you that way ever again. I will never punch a hole through a wall ever again. You have to stop abusive behaviors before you start getting into core issues and feelings and all that crap. Yeah. Okay. You have so to guess, stop the abuse. Right. Because so, here's why. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. get into core issues if you haven't dealt with the abusive behavior. Because the core issue is what sets off the abusive behavior. So reverse engineer it. Yeah. Stop setting fires and then figure out, why do I always want to set fires? And so the whole thing starts with a contract. And um, I've got several colleagues across the country that do this all the time, relational contracts. I agree to never cuss at you again, to raise my voice at you again. And if I feel like it's about to happen, instead of choosing to raise my voice at you, I will choose to go for a walk and you will let me go. And then when I come back, I will choose to engage in a conversation with you. And the choice language is important because we feel like, oh, I just couldn't help it. Bull crap. We can. We can. And if we can't help it in the moment, we can help it five minutes before. And if we can't help it five minutes before, we can help it 10 minutes before, an hour before, two hours before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like absolutely. people who drink coffee at 8, 8, 8 p.m. at dinner, and then they have to take you know some kind of crazy medicine to go to sleep at night. Right. The inability to sleep started with choices made a long time ago. So you have a contract that y'all signed to say, I will not hit another thing. Because right now your wife doesn't feel safe and you don't feel safe, right? Right. Oh, yeah. And we've, we've said as much to each other. Um, okay. So there's a lot of I don't feel safe. And yeah, I, I'm, we're struggling so much to get to that safe point. So, we've had points where we still felt safe. I just don't know how to get back there. Here's how you say, What does safe look like? Safe is you don't yell at me because when you yell at me, it reminds me of my mom. My five-year-old little boy comes out to protect me, and then I act like a five-year-old by throwing things and hitting things and saying things that I wish I hadn't said. And she says, whenever you don't do whatever or you're not whatever, I lash out because I learned that. some. I saw that behavior modeled through some system I was a part of. And I turn into a seven-year-old and act like a seven-year-old throwing a temper tantrum. I won't do that anymore. And when I feel it coming, I will call it out. It's going to sound so cheesy, bro. You got to practice. You got to practice. Okay. Yeah. If you've, I don't know if you've ever been like in, like whenever I do was do in MMA, we do kickboxing, sparring. There's always one idiot when everybody's sparring. Everybody's going 70%. There's always one idiot going 110. And it always causes problems and it turns into a whole thing. There's always one moron in the gym doing that. And we have to say we are going to practice. I'm not going to go 110 when I feel myself leaning into these things that we're going to agree what safety is in in our house. We're going to agree what safety looks like and then we're going to practice it. And then when everybody feels safe, then you can do sophisticated things like dealing with core issues and dealing with feelings and dealing with past trauma. Then you can own your story. But until you are safe, man, you can't own nothing because your body's just trying to survive. Is that right? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, that is resonating with me uh, big time. So here's, the, here's your steps, okay? 
I want you to take your wife out and say, we're going to have a, like a good conversation together. No fights, no nothing. Like, let's have a good talk. And then I want you to take a piece of paper or a fancy notebook, whatever you want, and say, I want us to talk about what does it feel like to be safe? What does safe look like for us? Paint a picture of it, man. Crystal clear. Safe doesn't look, and it's not going to be like, when you do this, I don't feel safe. Nope. That's how it goes, right? No, no, no. What a safe looks like, you and me sitting on the couch just watching TV. Safe looks like you and me going to the gym together. Safe looks like you and me going out to dinner and we got babysitter for the three kids. And then let's make that happen. Well, then how do we feel good sitting on the couch together? Well, the house is picked up and you always drop your crap everywhere. Or the, you, help with, you help with bed, bedtime with the kids. Yeah. And then I can relax finally. That's how you reverse engineer these things. You start with a picture and then you work backwards. Okay? All right. And then I want you to take this agreement to your counselor and say, hey, we did some work on our own and we agreed. We're going to stop these behaviors that make the other person feel unsafe. We're going to practice them. And then the counselor's going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm a great counselor. And you can be like, nope, I called some idiot on the radio for free. Thanks. And then yeah, y'all can the do the hard trauma work. And I'm not dismissing feeling work. It's important. I'm not dismissing core issue work. That stuff's all good. But you can't address those things in the middle of a, of a fire. Yeah. It's like trying to decide, like, why it's so hot and you're, <laughs> and you're standing in the middle of an inferno. Get out of the fire first, and then we can have the cool philosophical physics discussions or whatever, you know? Okay. Hey, can well, I tell you something, brother? Yeah. You're worth not being angry all the time. Life is super cool when you're not angry all the time. It's just like it's just peaceful, man. You just laugh. Or when you're sad, you just get to be sad. But you don't be sad and get raged. And kids, you got what, six, a four, a two year old? Yeah. <laughs> or, or sorry, a six, a six, a two, and an um Oh, that's right. So I don't know how to say this in a nice way, but the season you're in right now sucks. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's super fun, man. I love hugging babies. And I admit, I got a five-year-old. I love it, love it, love it. And there's a lot of diapers and a lot of crying and a lot of, can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? And not very much sex and connection and intimacy. A lot of exhaustion. Am I ringing a bell? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yes. So you're also in the middle of winter, and you found yourself out in the front yard with no jacket. It's just cold. It sucks right now. Spring's coming. Go get a jacket on, man. Go be safe in this season, okay? Okay. Can you do that? Well, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I No, no. Can you do that? I absolutely can do that. Yes, you can. You can do whatever you want to. You're from Houston, man. Callie, you can bang on trash cans for all I care. That was an Astros (laughs) joke. Hope that was good. Dude, you can do whatever you want, man. You can, you can, you can. You got to own your past. You've done this crap, and now you got to say, okay, now what? Now what's next? What's it going to look like? What's the future going to look like? We get to decide. We're going to start with being safe. Then we're going to go from there. Same team? We're good? Yeah, 100%. Okay. So here's the thing. Well, yeah. Um, I want you, I want you to holler at me 
after you take your wife out. And I want you to go to a nice place. Go to somewhere nice. Take your wife out somewhere nice. Have this safety conversation. And if it gets hot, if she starts it, say, no, 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 this not, not, no fights, no fights. And if she wants to fight, say, okay, cool, let's, we're going to do this another time. Let's just enjoy our dinner. And we talk about what's a picture of safety look like. And let's reverse engineer it. And if she points out things about you that you're falling short, just take it. Own it. Don't fight it. Own it. And then bring that stuff to your counselor. Keep working. Keep working. You're on the right path. Keep working. And don't forget you're in a crappy season. It's a lot of little kids, man. It does get better. Be brave, my brother. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest, right? Like a deep secret that you've never told anyone. Or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done that you're ashamed about or worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption across your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's often so hard to know where to start. If you need to get something off your chest and you don't have a safe person to talk to, you may want to try therapy. Therapy is a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, it's super flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule, whatever your schedule happens to be. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra money. Listen, it's time to get those secrets off your chest. Start with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, let's take one more. Let's go out to... California, A, and talk to Stephen in Orange, California. What's up, brother Stephen? How we doing? Hey, good morning, Dr. John. Doing good. How are you? Outstanding, my man. What's up? Cool. So I had a question about someone on my uh, team. I run a small marketing company, and we have a really supportive culture. Cool. Like, amazing, super young guys. Um, and I have one team member who's starting some new medication okay. for her increasingly manic and depressive episodes. So I'm curious, how do I as a leader and we as a team be there for her while still providing accountability for her, for her performance? So that way she can grow into like a respected leader as opposed to just a special case. Yeah, dude, man, what a stuff. Jeez. Every time I think the world's like going sideways, I talk to somebody like you who totally restores my faith in humanity. People who want to do right and love right and honor right and make a living. And make good money and provide. Good for you, man. Like, for real. What a stud. Oh, thank you. So you say you've got a supportive culture. What does that mean? So, you know, I, I got this group of kids, and I, I don't mean that to be derogatory. Like, I'm I'm 27, almost 28, so obviously I'm not super old. But all <laughs> of the like, all of my guys are, are barely out of high school, college age, like, young. Okay. And so when I say supportive culture, like, they're, they all hang out together. They all check in and on each other. We, we primarily focus on, on, uh, face-to-face sales. 
So if somebody had a rough day, didn't close, someone will get like seven text messages. Hey, how was your day? What happened? Mm. Um, we all know about each other's family. We all know, like we spend Christmas parties together, like, like close. Mm -hmm. Um, so as of right now, it's not super public information, um, of what she's going through, but it will come out and it's noticeable behavior wise. Mm -hmm. They will want to be there for her. Gotcha. So here's a common thing that happens in situations like yours. Um, young guy, you're still a young guy, has a business, and I'm assuming it's working. Is that fair? Yeah. Like you're doing good. Um, you start hiring some employees, and dude, you love employees. They're coming to put food on your table. You're putting food on their table. You hire people, especially when the company's small, that are super cool. Like you like them. They're kind of like you, and y'all get along, or you value diversity, and you hire people that are way different than you. But the fact that you hire people way different from you makes them kind of like you, right? It's just a cool gang, mm-hmm. and everything is magic until somebody has to get fired. Mm-hmm. And then it, put, it feels like it pokes a hole in the balloon. Because then it's like, I thought we were bros, and it's like, we are, but I'm the boss and I run a business and the business goes away if we don't make money. And to make money, we have to have a set of agreed upon values and operating rules and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Have you had those? Have you ever had to fire anybody yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I've been open for about three <laughs> years like, now. Oh, fire them all. It's awesome. Okay. So you've been there. Yeah, and we're 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 real clear about standards and, okay. and performance metrics and expectations. There. Oh, That's fantastic! A, okay, so here's yeah. here's the thing: businesses uh, have over the last fifteen twenty five years have gotten into appropriately so caring, and caring has really been lasered on you know healthcare in some places, spiritual care in some places, and obviously recently it's been in mental health care. Because mm-hmm. our country's falling apart. People are anxious and depressed and spinning out and OCD and ADHD and every other whatever, whatever diagnostic you can throw at people. And the best care you can give somebody in this situation is to point them to a professional resource and have s- strong behavior standard, a strong performance standards for their job. Remember this phrase. It's a context, not an excuse. Okay, here's what that here's what that means. They have to get their job done. The Mm goalpost is where the goalpost is. That's how far that kick is going to be. What support looks like is sometimes people can get things done in three days when they're on a manic episode that takes other people four weeks. That's the magic of somebody with bipolar. They really are that good when they're when they're up. Oh, yeah. And they disappear for weeks at a time too, or they show up in spirit, but it is not a, not a pretty sight. You experience mm-hmm. that? Oh yeah. And to her credit, like when she's up, she is the top performer oh, in the office. Yeah, dude. Dude, they're the, oh, I've got yeah. several friends with bipolar. They're the best. <laughs> the, the best. Until they're not. <laughs> until, yeah. Until, until they're in a, in a tough cycle. And I want to, I love my friends. I want to honor my friends. Like I walk alongside them. I mean, I, I, I love them, love them, love them. If they were going to work for me, you still got to be at work or you still have to get your work done 
or you still have to get this stuff in on time. You cannot steal. So those standards have to hold. And what often happens is we want to have a whole bunch of conversations and you get into HIPAA stuff and you get into ADA stuff, you get into discrimination because, well, hey, we're going to give her a little bit more time because of this. We're going to take away, we're going to loosen the standards here, but not over here. And you just create a mess for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in a business where if you can get your work done at home, great. Or if you want to come in, great. Or you got to put one day of work in in the office, great. Or it's a five-day, you got to be here every day. Whatever your environment or culture is, that adapts to the job, but it's about the job performance, not about, well, you know, she's got, right? Because this is bipolar. This one's tough. This one's for real. This is legit and good. Then it goes to the next one. Then it goes to a little bit less one. And then it goes to, well, I've got ADHD, so I don't come in on Tuesdays. And then it goes to another one. And it goes to, I've got OCD, so I can't work on this type of computer. Then where does it go? You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, you're a good, good man. Like, I'm glad to know people like you are doing business. I think you love her by saying your responsibility is to get the care you need. We will let you off for counseling. I'll help you Mm -hmm. pay for it. I don't know what your, what your, employee benefit structures, but I'll help you pay for it. I will contribute money to, I will help you with medication. Um, I'm not going to be the guy who's counsels you. We're not going to do a bunch of seven hour conversations, um, every two weeks about how things are going and I need you to step up. We're not going to do that because for a person with bipolar, that ends up becoming worse. That becomes some, like a form of torture in a way. Okay. Does that, does that freak you out, scare you? Sounds like you don't like that. No, I mean, it's it's not that it freaks me out on that part. I'm uh, personally speaking, I'm I'm actually pretty familiar with kind of these cycles and how that works. I'm thinking from the perspective of, uh, you know, some of the other guys on the team that have never seen this before. Yeah, where the temptation is to have those seven hour regular conversations because it's an attempt to comfort uh, as opposed to actually solving something. Yes, and bipolar is not something you solve. It's 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 a healing process. Yeah, and so, I the way I handle that with across the board, my employees is to ask permission of this person. Are you okay with what level? Are you okay with us sharing? Do you want us to share mm-hmm. nothing? You know, we've got a very tight knit culture. Everybody talks. Everybody wants to love each other and support each other. Um. How comfortable are you with, how how do you want this narrative to go? Make sure she understands she's in control of any story that goes out. That can't be yours. And Mm -hmm. most of the time, the best thing to say is not a lot. Like, I'm just struggling with some medical stuff. And I'm working on it. And I'm a boss. You know, Steven's being awesome. And he's hooking me up with counseling and taking care of us. And you can let your team know, hey, if you're struggling with medical stuff, family stuff, um, I'm not going to be able to solve that for you. That's what professionals are for. That's what doctors are for and therapists are for. Um, But I want to work with you because I love you. And I know life happens not just in this office. Life happens all over the place. And I want you to feel supported. And if you need a couple of days, come let me know. And if you need us to work um, an alternative schedule for you and that works in your business, let me know. Um, But I'm going to keep things confidential. And I'm also going to hold the standard. I'm I'm going to hold you accountable. Right. And man, I think that's the level of care. And then when it gets into the nitty gritty and what happened and where were you and what about your brain chemistry and why are you taking that med? You should be taking this med. No way, Jose, dude. That is not anybody's responsibility except for a doctor. 
Right. And uh, employers get themselves in a lot of trouble doing that. And employees, I mean, some of them got to learn the hard way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, hey uh, that, those 14-hour conversations, you just show up to work tired. Like, it's not a good idea. What's a great idea is just loving her and uh, go to dinner and then everybody go home. But, dude, like I say, I'll say it a third time. I'm glad to know you're out there in the world. Will she give you permission to tell tell the staff? Uh, meaning, like, uh, other people on the team? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, she is um, kind of her uh, her her leadership, so to speak, because she she's kind of uh, third or fourth down for me, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so kind of the, the whole chain already knows. So she she approached kind of the, the necessary people. She already made contingency plans of like, hey, if I'm having something happen, maybe I swap this day for this day. So okay. to her credit, she's been really proactive awesome. about controlling that story. That's and, a, hey, that's uh, a person you double, I mean, that's a person who's invested in her own healing. That's remarkable. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really great. Um, I was going to say, if she's open to telling people at that level, then one of the great things you can do is co-create an accountability plan with her. How can I best yeah. hold you accountable to these deadlines? Mm-hmm. And then she gets to speak it. Well, it really helps if I text you at 8 o'clock and say, I can't make it tomorrow. I'm not playing. I'm not screwing around. I can't make it tomorrow. But I will make, you know what I mean? I will make it up here and I will figure this out there. Then y'all co-create that, and then there's a plan you can hold her accountable to that she got to speak into. Mm-hmm. And now you're in magic, you're magic territory because there's, 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 there's dual ownership. It's not just you taking ownership of her life, but she's got a, some stake in it too. And it sounds like right. she's, the, she's that type of person. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Sure. Yeah, brother, I'd co-create that together. I think that's fantastic. And then – and. She may be the first person to say, I like these seven-hour meetings. I like the attention. I like the connection. They're not helpful. And then you can, as the boss, tell everybody, hey, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do run around. Um, here's, how to, here's how to talk to somebody who's having medical challenges. Let them bring it up. You don't dig in, right? So you can have some of these humanitarian socialized socialization conversations with your staff. Um, but, man, if she's that open – which is just, uh, she's a gift too. What is, what, she's a rock star also. Um, then she can be a part of, here's, here's what I need in this season. Here's what I do, definitely don't need in that season. That's great. Thank you so much for that call, Brother Steven. It's awesome, man. Golly. Man, Kelly, I wish you were a boss like that. Just kidding. You're, like, you're a boss like that. Is that fair? <laughs> do you care about us like that? <laughs> I feel like you care about James. James I care about you all time. very much. Huh? I care about you all. You do. Do you care about Ben, though? Yeah, Kelly. Hey, <laughs> back off. You're like the most caring person back here. You know who the most caring person is? James Childs. And he's not here today, obviously, so we can talk bad about him, even though he's probably going to edit this and he'll hear it all. Oh, I edit this, so I'll, I'll keep it in. Oh, my gosh, yes. The fact that there's this, over the last year and a half, the narrative cast across the country that James is some sort of like tyrant. He's like the sweetest, kindest guy in this building. I know, and everybody thinks he's so quiet, and he's, you know, so to himself, and he is one of the kindest people. It's awesome. It's just you that's, I'm just kidding. You're kind, too. You're kind of lovely, okay, too. who's not the kind person Listen, here? Listen, I, yeah, this is all a charade. I'm the mean, Ben, am I mean? I, I like my job, all right, let's so go to the song say- of the day is from Chris Caraba, otherwise known as Dashboard Confessional, and you can say, oh, are you serious? Yes, this is a great song. This was a great song. I remember getting all goosebumps and whatnot back in the earlies. 
off the So Impossible EP. This is the acoustic version, the OG version. The song's called Hands Down, and it goes like this. Breathe in for luck. Breathe in so deep. The air is blessed, you share with me. The night is wild, so calm and dull. These hearts, they race from self-control. Your legs are smooth as they graze mine. We're doing fine. We're doing nothing at all. Oh, man. My hopes are so high, your kiss might kill me. So won't you kill me? So I die happy. That's a good line, Chris. My heart is yours to fill or burst, to break or bury, or wear as jewelry, whichever you prefer. My gosh, that song's so good. Hands down, this is the best date I can ever remember. (laughs) What a great song. Hey, it's been fun. We'll see you soon on the Dr. John Deloney Show.